You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, we are back here on the Oz Network in our spin-off uh, as we continue covering random TV episodes, random movies still to come. But this is a theme month where every random uh, recap we're going to bring you is Halloween themed and not the typical Halloween theme. We're not going to be talking about Saw or Poltergeist or Scream or Halloween the or The Exorcist or anything like that. We're here to talk about just random stuff uh, as we did last week with It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And uh, this week we're here to cover two episodes because it's a show so good we couldn't stick to just one. And we're talking about Parks and Recreation. And uh, we're talking about two of the Parks and Recreation Halloween episodes. Uh, season 2, Episode 5, I believe, which is titled Greg Pakaitis. And as well, Season 4, Episode 5, titled Meet and Greet. Uh, my name is Colin, and I look obnoxious and irritating, even from a great distance. And my name is Jamie, and um, confirmed. And I am Rossi, and tonight I am dressed like a straight person. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Jamie was going to be dressed as a doctor today, but uh, too many people beat her to the punch. Sorry, Colin. I know it's a sad day for you. I know, I know. I got the thing for doctors. Uh, it ends in this episode. We'll talk about Anne a lot in upcoming episodes, hopefully. Uh, yeah, so Parks and Recreation. Rossi and I, we teased this at the end of the last episode. And uh, I don't even think what I mentioned on air was that when Ben and I and, well, Noah and I guess Nick too. Uh, not so much Noah, but Ben and Nick and I <laughs> were discussing launching the Oz Network and everything. We were talking about you know what TV shows we want to cover, what movies. I was kind of running past Jamie. These are some of the things we want to do. She just sort of randomly said to me, like, you guys should cover Parks and Recreation. I'd actually be on an episode with that. And I managed to get you on other episodes prior to that. But here, this is what brought you to Parks and Recreation. You didn't have a chance to chime in on your feelings on the show before. Quickly just tell us about uh, what your thoughts are on Parks and Recreation and why you're excited to talk about it today. Uh, well, because it's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I started watching the show after we got married. And this year in November, it'll be five years. I know I keep mentioning that like every episode, but... Well, we should say it wasn't five years ago we started watching the show. That was when we got married. It was probably like well, no, I know, two years ago. I know, yeah. no. Anyways, but you showed me the show, and I became really obsessed with it. Ron's probably my favorite. I just love how grumpy and hilarious he is, and how much he hates people. It's like <laughs> it's like my everyday job at work. Yeah, you're the female Ron Swanson, I guess. Um, maybe well, with a you know, more you know that. Epi- let's just put it this way: you know that episode where he has like the the desk where he spins around and around. I would love yeah. to have that and just avoid everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, he hated that desk. Oh, you just mean you would love to have that desk and then be the one spinning around so that you could always have your back turned to somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rossi, you want to just uh, chime in again on uh, some of the stuff you talked about last time, Parks and Recreation history, and what is it you love so much about it? And do you, have you ever had Ron Swanson's desk? Um, no, but that's an uncomfortable desk because everyone's like staring at you and like, yeah, it's just like un- incon- in- inconvenient for everyday use. But um, for Parks and Rec, I watched the show quite recently, like within the last three years. I watched the whole show. Um, just because I'm not a big comedy person, but this was the comedy show that kind of started my interest in comedy. Um, and it's awesome because it has such great characters. Got Ann Perkins and uh, uh, April and Ben and all the other quirky Pawnee residents that have their weird quirks and stupidity, like people drinking park water and like j- just ridiculous shit. And I just love that it's so 
it's such a boring concept like mm-hmm. these parks and recreation officers and like station managers and whatever but it's so funny just all the, the sh- shit they get into when well, it kind of reminds me of like just that stupid dumb simple humor that you get from something like even napoleon dynamite it's like the yeah. same well, type small of humor. town yeah yeah exactly and like i mean I said Ron's my favorite, but I have to say Andy too. I, I, I probably my favorite moment with Andy is when he's he's kicking and karate chopping. He's like, "You see, this is food. That's energy. Bam! That's cookies. Bam! That's spaghetti." <laughs> <laughs> I love Andy. Yeah, well, it's funny because oh, like, and and he's really hot. Yeah. Okay. Well, me or Andy. <laughs> Andy. Okay. But, but, you're, but you're hot too. I get you in real life. I don't get close him. second. Okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you said because. I think I do watch a lot of comedies, but I don't know if I've ever mentioned on air. Uh, I was just talking with Ben about this recently. I give up on shows after about four or five seasons. Like, I could count on one hand the amount of shows that I probably ever finished all the way through that ran more than five seasons. But comedies, it's probably less than that. I mean, I got like three seasons tops in them. And maybe it was because of what you said, Rossi. It's like, it seems like a boring concept. It's just, you know, this government office in a small town... You know, it doesn't sound terribly exciting, so why would I bother watch that? And I remember for years it would be on TV and I'd never bother to tune into it. You know, I was a little bit into The Office, but not really somewhere I would watch it that regularly. I'm like, okay, so it's The Office, but an even more boring environment. I had no idea it could have been that funny and that the characters could have been that much better. But like, as most people are like crazy about The Office, like I consider Parks and Recreation like far better than The Office. And when we started watching it, it probably was about the same time you did, Rossi, like maybe about three years ago. And it was just a show, like, within one or two episodes, you're just like, I want to watch every episode the show ever had. And, you know, I'm glad we're here to talk about the Halloween episodes, because uh, I feel like the two we're covering today, even more so than season five's Halloween episode, which was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> it's a classic, classic Parks and Rec viewing. Yeah, I, other than Jerry's fart attack, um, not much there, but these two episodes As are a just... proposal, come on. Oh, yeah, I guess. There's something. Um... Did you eat farts for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just throw out all the quotes that we would have talked about if we covered season five. But no, I mean, the two we're talking about here, I think, are classic episodes, whether it's Halloween or not. And we get to see all the costumes. And by all the costumes, I mean Ron dressed as a pirate every single year. Uh, there's just so much good stuff here. Um, let's start off the first episode we're going to talk about here. And I guess we'll do a bit of a different format. It's it's tougher to cover sitcoms. This is something we've never done before on here, other than... Uh, I don't know, did we even do a rant? We did, like, Impractical Jokers. That doesn't really count. So, I guess with most sitcoms, you have, like, two or three stories. Maybe one main story, one backup story. If we sat here and just covered, okay, so there was this scene, and it was 30 seconds long, and there was the punchline, and everybody's, ah, <laughs> I mean, that's not going to be a good episode. So, we'll just kind of talk about the, the overall premise, the stories, the characters, and all that. So, Greg Pekaitis, Season 2 Halloween episode... I mean, this one you don't even need to know. The character Greg Pekaitis appeared in more than one episode, or am I wrong? Rossi, do you remember? I swear he's like a character that's popped up like three or four times. Yeah, I remember seeing him at... Like, I think this was his first episode that we saw him in. Mm -hmm. But I definitely remember seeing more about him in like... I want to say like season four, season five or something like that. Like, he just popped up randomly again. And I was like, oh, this kid... Yeah, and basically the idea is that he's a teenage kid who's the arch nemesis of Leslie, who's the main character. And that that alone is just a hilarious premise that like this this little extremely positive woman just has this, you know, really deep hatred for a 14-year-old boy. 
And that's just the entire premise. I mean, her story is, you know, every year, Greg Pakaitis, she suspects, is the one who vandalizes the the statue, you know, in the the downtown area, or in this case, the office as well that they have. Uh, and her goal is just to stop him, and she wants to put him behind bars, or I think she wants to have him, like, you know, get the death sentence. I mean, it goes that far. Uh, then the backup story, which is Anne... Uh, who is having a Halloween party, a uh, costume party, and just how terrible that party ends up being. So uh, let's start first with stuff related to Anne's party, because that's, I guess, the B story on this episode. Uh, some of the costumes here, very clever. Anne is dressed as Raggedy Ann, so she's Raggedy Ann Anne. Um, Ron, as always, dressed as a pirate. Uh, who else did we have at this party here? Any other memories? Yeah, there was the uh, April with her boyfriends yeah april and her <laughs> okay w- which one is it i don't know the names but her boyfriend and his boyfriend is basically the joke i was hoping somebody yes. would remind me there yeah okay there we go <laughs> uh, and then the, the the boyfriend of the boyfriend is dressed as a straight person. yeah oh you didn't come in a costume no i did i came as a straight person they're everywhere <laughs> and then what's his face walks right in yeah I, for, I forget that guy's Anna. name. Which guy? The guy who wasn't on all the seasons. And he was dating, what was it, Leslie for a while? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and he's just... What is... Okay, Mark, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Is that who you're talking about, Rossi? Mark? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He was a straight person example. That's right, yeah. And I don't know which basketball player he's dressed up. Something. So, before we even get into the story or any of the jokes here, let's talk about Mark because Mark wasn't long for the show, I guess you know, one season, or if you consider the fact that the first season was only six episodes or something, I mean, not even a full season and a half. Um, I'm sure eventually one of these days we will get around to doing Parks and Recreation start to finish. Uh, In fact, I guarantee we will. It's just a matter of when. Uh, What do we have to say about Mark? Did did Mark work on the show? You know, I guess the idea of him is that he would be the straight man. Uh, Rossi, you're going to have a lot to say later on on the straight man that uh, replaced him. I guess the idea of the straight man is really true here because he's kind of like, as far as the comedy goes, the straight man of the show, Rossi, any thoughts on Mark? Did you like him? Hate him? I don't know. He seemed unnecessary. That's like the story. Like way he, to describe it. Yeah. Very he underwhelming. Was like, yeah. Yeah. Like he really had no major storylines and he wasn't a character. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else is like distinct, like April's sullen and dark and Andy's a goofball and Anne's like or uh, Leslie's a type and all that kind of stuff and he was just vanilla like he was just there I mean he was the what would you call him the the, I wouldn't call man candy that wasn't his role but he was the love interest character he was the uh I guess the sitcom uh reverse gender role equivalent of a damsel in distress he was simply there to be in the romantic picture for either Leslie or Anne. And as soon as he fulfilled his purpose and like, well, it didn't really work with him. They just dumped him from the show and replaced him with uh, too much better characters, which is funny that they actually just kind of divided his character into two. And we'll talk about the two characters later on, but you know, when Rob Lowe and Adam Scott came on the show, Adam Scott came on as the straight man, uh, as far as just from the comedy perspective. And then Rob Lowe came on as the, you know, love interest character. And I guess they both sort of fulfilled that, but, I don't think we're going to have like a lot of great Mark moments throughout this show. Um, That was probably the only one, and that includes when we go back and cover this from the beginning. Uh, Any other costumes that we're missing here? Uh, What was Tom? Do do, do we even know what Tom was? Um, He said what he was, I know, but... 
Oh, uh, it was he like had the like dreadlocks on. He was a, like a rapper, and I can't remember the name of who it was. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but the storyline for her episode is that her party sucks, and it's great that as people start showing up, you know, the first guy shows up as a doctor, and I think it was Mark who's like, uh, or no, it was Ron. He goes, uh, "You're oh, you're a doctor." He goes, "Yes," and he's like, "I customer or something like that." T Pain, thank you, Rossi. You are allowed to speak. You're allowed to speak on here. I don't know if you knew that. You were mid dialogue. Thank you for being more polite than Jamie. Hey. Um, you said it, not me. Hey, I'm a woman. That's just what I do. Interrupt and be rude. <laughs> All uh, right. Don't blame me. I'm just a stupid girl. Okay. <laughs> How many times do you actually try to use that in real life? Um I like that everybody shows up as doctors here <laughs> and it's not even they're showing up as doctors you think the first one it's a, a doctor and then you realize Anne just invited all of her doctor and nurse friends from the hospital and none of them bothered to uh, actually get a costume uh, there was the one really funny doctor uh, what was that one line he had where it's like uh, I'm leaving you know this isn't that fun <laughs> and then he takes back yeah. his bottle of wine he brought <laughs> and Here's the thing with Anne's character. I mean, she would almost be considered the female equivalent of Mark where she's the straight woman on the show. But they find a way to kind of bring her personality by little things like this or or the way that April hates her. You know, that maybe it's irrational. You know, she should be like the perfect woman. And uh, I'm sure when we cover Parks and Recreation, I'll make a good case for that. Oh, please. (laughs) But she's uh, she has these things go wrong. And this is why her character ends up usually being funny is because of things like April just hating her for no reason. I mean, she has her reasons, but she just hates her. And then she tries so hard to throw this party, and it just sucks balls. I mean, it's the worst party ever. Um, She's the Charlie Brown Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't have put that together, but considering we recorded these episodes one week apart, and that's the theme of the the month, uh, we'll connect the dots. And next week when we get to whatever it is we're covering, I'll sure we'll find a way to cover Parks and Recreation as well. Jamie, uh, any other funny moments you remember from the Halloween party or anything you want to talk about on Anne or T-Pain? <laughs> yeah, when people, uh, um, her Anne's nurse fr- friends keep coming up oh, to yeah. Mark and, and they're like, you want to come back to my place? And he's like, no. And then it's like, good, you passed the test. And yeah. then they ask him again. It's like, no, you passed again. And then <laughs> she gets up, leaves, and her, another friend of hers just comes and does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's some good moments in this, and I, this is I guess progressing the Anne Mark love story that you know we were all dying to see the end of. Uh, Rossi, am I missing any moments from Anne's party, or uh, you want to move on to the Greg Pakaitis plot? No, I have. There was a really funny line that Tom said when he arrived, and I wrote it down, and it was like he's like the party's so lame. He's like, Anne, did you tell everyone that they're going to get bone marrow <laughs> transplant tomorrow? <laughs> Tom's one of my favorite. Here's the thing: I would never call Tom my favorite character, but he's like he's so good, and I don't think he has ever had one episode where he was boring. And the idea of his character is he is supposed to be kind of annoying, but that's kind of the idea with every character here. And there's some people I've read who are just like, oh, well, Tom's kind of annoying. I'm like, he's supposed to be annoying. That's mm-hmm. the purpose of him. Like, Rossi, are you a Tom fan? He's a character you have to le- learn to like. I feel like because he is that annoying character, I'm like, ugh, shut up, or like, that's not funny, or that's just really annoying, or I don't know. It's just like his quirks mm-hmm. are really kind of obnoxious, so it's hard to like 
it was not immediate that I started liking him, but like over time, you kind of develop interest in him. I think there were episodes where I'm like, okay, I really like him, and then episodes I was like, okay, trail mm-hmm. off, like the whole uh, snake hole. Oh yeah, dance oh, thing was like I love so all funny, and all that. Ventures, that episode yeah. was yeah, like stuff like that was so funny. And other times he was like just really annoying and stuff, but he's a good. It's a good character, and it's kind Jamie, of needed. Are you a Tom fan? I remember we started this show. You're like, this guy's awesome, but then you kind of, I guess, got taken over, taken over, if you want to say it the non-Canadian way, <laughs> by uh, more entertaining, bolder characters. Well, and I, I still did like him, but I mean, I like everybody on the show in in different ways. But for him, he's you know, like so obnoxious and charismatic. He's he kind of reminds me almost like what you could picture pretty much as a stereotypical little brother mm-hmm. type of humor and it's like you have to grow to love him like a little brother that's annoying but hilarious yeah yeah i completely agree but i think i'm probably the biggest tom fan here it sounds like um i don't think i, I just anything. love the guy's smile his that's what sells it and <laughs> the smile he has in the opening credits like i mean we can talk about the opening credits really briefly here i mean it's it's cheesy but it's kind of intended to be and I just love that big smile he has in the opening credits. Like, it cracks me up every time I see it, as does the theme song. Like, come on, do you have this as a ringtone, Rossi, or would you be willing to set it as your ringtone for the day? Definitely. For the, for the week. week. It's amazing. And most TV shows, we will fast-forward the credits. There are probably two exceptions where we actually watch the entire credits. One is Game of Thrones, and that's because, come on, the Game of Thrones theme. You don't even have to like the show. The theme's amazing. And Parks Recreation. Like, we will watch the theme every time, and as we were watching this probably a few months ago, that was the last time we were really on a binge of Parks and Rec, uh, our baby Casper, he was just starting to notice things on TV and he would never respond. There were other things he'd smile at and laugh on TV. It's just every time this came on, he would just stare at the TV until it was done. And then this time when we watched it, it was the first time he's really watched it in a few months and he started dancing. Like, And he doesn't dance that much, but just started dancing in the opening theme. Like, I love this theme. It was so hilarious to watch him dance. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get a video of it, and we'll... and, and well, the other show that we're continuing to watch the theme for now is Star Trek Discovery. Now it's going to be episode five because you're still waiting to see if you actually will learn to like the theme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a side note that <laughs> will not be edited out of this episode. <laughs> um, the Greg Pakita storyline, we set it up already. Leslie's hatred for him. There are so many good lines that she has in this episode that is just like you know all of like just just how how repulsed she is by this kid and how much hatred she has for him and everything uh the idea is that she's dating louis ck here famous comedian louis ck i always forget he's on the show i remember watching this season the first time being like hey louis ck's on it and it was just the other episode i'm like oh yeah i remember he was on the show uh again not the most exciting character but kind of a change from uh rossi or jamie are either you familiar with louis ck as a comedian no only from this show rossi I knew he was a comedian, but I don't know his body work it's at just, all. It's just this character seems so different for him because he's playing almost more of a straight man than Mark is. Uh, but I I feel like his subtle humor works so well in this when he's playing off of Leslie. Like the line that you know I said at the beginning of this where she's basically they're doing a stakeout in a car. That's the first half of the episode. And she's just recording you know everything she sees in there. And she's saying, you know, uh, the suspect is looking obnoxious and irritating, even from a great distance. And she stuffs the microphone in his face, and he's just like, um, confirmed, you know? I love little things like that. Uh, let's start just with the stakeout stuff. Any other lines I'm missing here? Jamie, Rossi, you remember some? 
Well, not really specifically a line, but I just wanted to actually comment on something that I thought of kind of while you're talking. You think it's ironic at all or what they intended by this kid's name actually for her hatred of him? It, he kind of almost sounds like a disease, like, oh, you caught pachytis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you're, like you're going to die of pachytis? That's like the echidna. It's the disease of Parks and Rec, this Pawnee's uh, local virus outbreak. It does sound like a disease. I don't know. If pachytis were a disease, what would it be? I don't know. Breaking okay. breaking out in boils and dying in three days. <laughs> Rossi, do you have a theory on what pachytis is? Um, I think it's just a, a mild-mannered headache. I'm going to say it's slow blood poisoning through swallowing peach pits. That causes you to go into uh, bouts of insanity? Yeah. Yeah. And make other people cry. There's lots of things it does. Um... Greg Pekite is great character. Uh, I, I can't wait till we can get the episodes eventually, one of these days, where we can cover the other ones he has. Uh, Rossi, do you remember any of the lines that there were in that stakeout? I mean, it was just nonstop, like, same joke over and over again, basically, but, like, every line was amazing. Uh, there's no lines that are coming to me. I just remember uh, the cop's character. I don't even know the Louis his name. Uh <laughs> No, the character's name. Oh, well, yeah. I was saying... Like, the, on or, the Oz Network, if we don't know but, the name, we either call them Adam or we call them the name of the actor. Okay, CK had his confessional and he was saying something and unless he's just, like, tapping on the glass and giving the <laughs> thumbs up, it's just, like, he's so into this and he's, like, it's just because she's attractive. It's just because she's yeah. attractive. Well, yeah, in that conf- confessional, he was also talking about, like, you know... How they were, you know, just staking and watching these boys for hours, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, and she made out with me yeah. in my cop car. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said yeah. that. <laughs> uh, I had one other line I wanted to throw out here that she has where um, she's, and this might have been later in the episode, but where she says, suspect is, oh yeah, it was here. Suspect is laughing with friends and playing with a skateboard in a snide, jerkish manner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Leslie the greatest character at least in the modern era of comedy tv Ooh, a lot of thought going into this one <laughs> or did we the cricket cricket is is there a debate on this i don't know See, i'm not saying okay That's i'm so not bold. saying my very favorite character because i would probably lean towards andy or chris but greatest character like her character development how complex her character is how much you can understand with her character and let's just give it up for amy poehler's performance like this does not work without her performance but there is so much to her character that i don't think we get that in any other comedies on the area we certainly don't get in the big bang theory we definitely don't get it in you know uh the what's that other one this is ripped off of the office or anything like that i mean it's such a complex character and it's one of the few characters where she really is herself obnoxious half the time. She's annoying most of the time. Hey. And yet so lovable most of the time. You just told me, like, the other day that I'm Leslie Nope. <laughs> That's not very nice. No, I was... I wasn't saying... Kate, that doesn't mean you're a carbon copy of... Rossi, this is how a grave. divorce happens on a podcast. <laughs> just be the, the, the mediator here. Uh, <laughs> okay. You're no. all by yourself now. You are, if okay, we'll get to this on the end of the episode, but I'm sure everybody on these shows identifies with a certain character. 
And you, you even you, said yourself. You identified her with me. I didn't identify. You did. You said in this episode or the next one, you said to me, like, you know, that's kind of like that moment with Leslie. That's kind of what I would do. Yeah, I'm like Leslie and Andy. You're Leslie. And, yeah, you. that would be a perfect example. You're Leslie and Andy. Uh, Rossi, we're going to do another poll on the end of this to find out which Parks and Rec character we are. But if you had to identify without taking a poll, this is your personal thing. Which Parks and Rec character are you? Um... I really um, look toward April. Yeah, I can see it. That's what um, I was going to say. <laughs> I, just, I just love that dryness. And it works so perfectly for um, Aubrey Plaza because yeah. that's who she is. She plays the same character. Like, that's her as a, like that is her as a human. So it's like just a perfect, ca- it's like typecasting. And, so, and I just love that like cynical, rude dryness that she has. That's so how many I feel. of these characters are the actors, you know? I mean, I'm sure Rob Lowe really is Chris Traeger. Um, I know that Chris Pratt is Andy. Uh, Adam Scott, I mean, he's definitely Ben. I mean, if, you, if you, I'm sure you guys have heard him in other stuff or seen him in other stuff. Even the new TV show he's on Ghosted. It's the same character. I mean, the sense of humor is the same. Uh, the sarcasm is the same. Maybe that's one of the reasons this show works is that everybody's just being themselves and then just kind of like you know amplify it a little bit and you know on those lines i think if you see amy poehler and anything else i mean there's always less than what was that movie we watched with her recently that was really terrible jamie the sisters sisters yeah did you see sisters rossi no it was her and who's that other one that i don't like the one from saturday night live yeah tina fey yeah. tina fey so it's them and they're kind of playing the opposite <laughs> roles i guess um well maybe not i mean she was playing kind of like a really really stuck up leslie nope in the in the movie and it was the exact same thing still. But again, the character was like so much more extreme. Um, but let's go back to my debate here. Uh, even if you're not going to agree 100%, is she one of the best characters in like modern comedies? I think that she's like, I think she's one of the, if you had to like list like three characters from each kind of, from different comedy shows, like three from Parks Rec, three from The Office, three from... Arrested mm-hmm. Development or something, you know, she would definitely be one of the Parks and Rec standouts. I feel like her and Ron Swanson and if, and like maybe someone else, but like she's definitely a staple yeah. comedy. And Amy Poehler is huge in the comedy world. She's hugely successful and talented. So like, I don't disagree. I just don't know. I just don't have enough repertoire of the comedy knowledge to give you a good answer. Uh- I guess the other part to talk about in this one is Andy as Jamie walks away because her eyes are bothering her and I'm not cutting that out of the episode. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be back. Uh, let's talk about Andy now before Jamie goes off on uh, it, not him. Um, some the tongue there. <laughs> oh, she just okay. ran back. Jeez. She's so hot. Okay. <laughs> Especially in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, I'm going to go wash my face now. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so he kind of goes from being the loser boyfriend of Anne in season one to this one just becoming the goofy lovable goofball the goofy lovable goofball uh that's what we'll call him and part of this is just like you know the guy can't get a proper job and leslie kind of hires him to be the security guard for the night which of course he takes so seriously and eventually morphs into burt macklin fbi agent which is his alter ego that comes up so many times about the show and it's amazing every time um i just love the scene where it's introduced where she basically says you know andy i'm hiring you for the night and, uh, you know, he's making $8 an hour. <laughs> Exciting. Rossi, I, I don't know. What are wages like in America? I, it's probably different in every state. But, like, 
What's minimum wage where you are? I don't know. More, More than, than eight? eight? Less than what? Less than okay. 100. Thanks. That's not helpful. <laughs> um, All right. Less than 50. Less, okay. So. I, I can't give you can a good you number, Google it? Colin. You're good at research. Google it. I'm just trying to get a perspective here okay. because like in Canada, I mean, right now in Manitoba, I think $11 is our minimum wage, you know, and there's a reason why I think our wages are higher. And that's because we pay so much more in taxes, which by the way, is why we don't actually have free health care. But anyways, political debate, uh, we're not going to get into that. Um, Rossi, have you discovered it yet? Or you want me to keep going off on the problems of Canadian okay, wages? So just, just typing into Google, the minimum wage in Indiana is seven twenty-five. dollars ah. U.S. dollars per hour, but that's based on 2015. I don't know if that's changed. Even still, I mean, 2015, it was $11 an hour here, I'm pretty sure. Um, but again, higher taxes. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know. So maybe I was kind of looking at this as a joke. Like he was probably making minimum wage or less, but I guess he would be making a little more than that. Still, it's a great line, though, where he's talking about you know how his life has turned around. He goes, I have a part-time job. I'm going to make 30 bucks tonight. Um <laughs> uh, this is what makes the episode to me, and this is why Andy is my favorite character, because you don't have to give him a big role. He's just sort of in the background, and then later on when they do the interrogation, which is the main scene I think we're going to be talking about, all these interrogation moments, when he comes in, that's the best, where he just morphs into Burt, Burt Macklin. Uh, talk a little bit about Andy Rossi, as Jamie's still stalling here. Uh, do you love Andy? Is Andy kind of in the middle for you, kind of like Tom? Um, no, I love Andy. I got to think that he was only really the only time I disliked Andy's character or the Andy as a character was mm-hmm. in the first season just because he seemed really pointless. And then he was just because he was broken yeah. legs or whatever. He was just there and he didn't have any real purpose. But like ever since then, he's been like a huge like character part of the whole story. And like you said, he could be in this episode for two seconds, but it's like one of the best two seconds of the yeah. entire show. Um, he just kind of he's a scene stealer um in the best way possible he just kind of makes these scenes like a little bit extra funnier and because he's just so animated and stuff and i love the interrogation (laughs) scene it's just like the whole fbi stuff which comes back later in the show and everything is just so great yeah when the moms introduce um, him and it's like i don't even know who you are he goes burt macklin fbi like you don't have to have your character on now (laughs) And then she's like, I will call your boss and yeah. your coordinator. And he's like, I don't know who to call for you. Of the, the United States, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's just always on. And like, the, there's one funny moment in the interrogation. It precedes what I think is the best moment of this episode. But where she's talking about, it looks like Andy's wearing him down in there. And all he's doing is slamming his fist down on the table and saying nothing. But that's, just, that's the way he would interrogate something. Uh, Jamie, here's your opportunity. Talk about Andy. Talk about Chris Pratt. Uh, what? Oh my gosh. How long can I go on about this? And <laughs> this I... is what ben, ben has this impression that all Jamie talks about on this show are shirtless men. Uh, you're living up to that, Jamie. And this is the first time we've ever covered the same man twice. Same man shirtless twice in But a what podcast. if I don't want to cover him and I want to see him uncovered? Oh, okay. And yet, when I made a comment about Anne, it was like, okay, Colin. <laughs> no, I know, but I don't really care. No, but no, I'm sorry. I had to go wash my face because after I wear mascara all day, it hurts my eyes. Yeah, the listeners needed I, to know that. Thank you. I had to wash, use witch hazel, and moisturize. Um, 
<laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> no, um, but uh, no, this, this guy is really funny to watch. And, you know, I always thought he was kind of cute. I never thought he was, like, super hot. And then when I saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy and he took his shirt off and he was, like, a little bit ripped, I was like, oh, dang. Welcome to California. It's super so. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to uh, refute that a little bit. Uh, we watched this show for, well, we probably went through the first four or five seasons before seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and every single time we watched it, not every single time, but quite often it would come up and Jamie would be like, yeah, I don't know what it is about this guy, but I'm just not into him. And I'm like, what is it? Because he's fat? Is it because he's chubby? She's like, no, it's just, I don't, uh, he's not my type. And then the second he took his shirt off, he became your type. So don't like pretend, oh yeah, he was, he was all right before he took his shirt off. No, you couldn't have cared hey, less. Hey, some, you know what? Even if some guys are chubby, they can still be attractive like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, don't call the Philip Seymour Hoffman again. <laughs> But he's dead now. We know he's dead. He's like down dead. <laughs> down in the grave dead. Oh. Who's on the the um hall pass list? For me. Here? Is he on yeah, is he on this list? Is Chris Pratt yeah, on this list? Yeah, he would be one of my potential husbands because he, he's not only Why do you have a husband sitting right here. Um like if you die hall I'm not plotting your death and, uh... or anything. <laughs> No, um, he would be like husband material because not only does he seem like he would be, you know, a good time, fun, like in... Don't give me an edit point. Please don't give me an edit point. In an intimate way, but (laughs) fun also to make me laugh all the time. And also uh, the other, um, what's the other guy? I'm forgetting. Henry Cavill. Yeah, that's the other one. And Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh man. See, Keanu Reeves. That, okay. that goes. We're not all... talking about John Wick. We're talking about Parks and Recreation. No, it has nothing to do with his Wick, even though. I'm okay. Sure it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it goes. <laughs> Keanu Reeves goes all the way back to when I was like a tween. Okay. Yeah, so. we needed to know that one. Um, hey, you brought him up. I didn't. Okay. I was just bringing up the long list that Patrick Stewart actually is on as well. Oh, come on. No way. He would die. Like, Oh, that's the objection. Not he's old and he's gray and he's saggy. No, he would die before I get to actually... Okay, anyways. Um, well, no, seriously. Like, the guy's hot, but he, okay. he'd probably croak in the middle of the session doing okay. it. Wow. See, Jamie knows that I have no time this week to edit this episode, so she's totally taking advantage of that right now. Uh, I want to talk about... The, is there any debate as to what the best moment of this episode is? I'm not going to, you know, persuade anybody here, but let's just get it out of the way now. We'll pick this for every episode. Rossi, what's the best moment of the Greg Pakaitis episode? Um, probably the the end. Like, I liked the whole interrogation scene combined with, um, um, oh, God, I'm blanking. What's the... The TP in the house? Like, with all the... With the the fake oh, mom yeah. and all that all that kind of like that stuff at the toward the end of the episode, like I enjoyed the last scene with the the teeping and stuff, but I don't necessarily think that was like the You're funniest. Just in all the the interrogation stuff, Jamie. Uh my favorite part of the episode. Well, one of my favorite parts probably was when you know Andy comes out of there and Greg Bakaitis is basically like driven him to tears and he's <laughs> That's like what I was, he's yeah. like almost crying and stuff and it's he's supposed to be this FBI agent. He's like he made me cry. He's just been pounding his fist on the table and the way it works is to come in and he's like he's such a jerk. He's such a jerk. That's an awful thing to say. Why would you say that to somebody? 
And then Leslie's like, what's wrong, Andy? He's like, nothing's wrong. And then it's like, oh, and Greg's like, are you crying? Are you crying? He goes, I'm not crying. I'm just allergic to jerks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. And then when he goes, I will waterboard you. I can't remember who was that said that in the episode. Was it Leslie or him? I don't remember. I think it was Leslie. It's like, I will waterboard you. Probably yeah. Leslie. Um, I'm very civil, but I will waterboard you. <laughs> Again, this is a teenage kid. This and is what they, makes it so funny. Also. And then CK's like, we yeah, can't exactly. do that. Oh, man. He has so many good back and forth lines here. Um, but the other one I wanted to mention was Andy, where he comes in at the beginning of his interrogation. Where he's like, would you like some boiling hot coffee in the face? <laughs> he just throws nothing out of a cup. <laughs> Uh, everything that Chris Brad does is amazing. Well, and even uh, don't even, say it, Jamie. No, even with okay, no, I wasn't thinking of that, but whatever. But even with the peach pit, when it's like we could test yeah. your DNA, and he's like, "No, we can't. We can't. <laughs> We're not able to do that." <laughs> um, where are the lines here? Where they're they're going back and forth? Oh yeah. So the fake mom comes in and all that. Uh, when uh, right before that, where you know Leslie's basically saying, you know. Uh, you're you're gonna we're gonna make sure you're in jail. He goes, uh, no, we can't put him in jail. It's like, well, we'll let the jury decide that. Uh, there's not gonna be a jury. Uh, the judge will decide that. He goes, no, it's not gonna be a judge. Well, uh, you, you'll do probation. It's like, no, he's not. He's a minor. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. <laughs> just, just give yeah, me this moment. Just give moment. me this moment. But just that's what Louis C.K. does so well in this. Is just, you couldn't just hire anybody and have them deliver those lines under their breath and have the timing be so perfect. They're like. This is close to a perfect episode of Parks and Recreation. Uh, you mentioned the whole fake mom thing, which is amazing. That you know, this mom comes out and says, "You know, I can't believe you did this to my son. I'm gonna make sure you're all fired." Who do I talk to about you, sir? President of the United States, ma'am. <laughs> all that. And then when they go and they're like, "Well, let's vandalize his house," and they, you know, start teeping his house and everything. And a different mom comes out. She thinks she has the wrong house, but of course, you find out he hires a fake mom. Like, it's a great twist on the episode that you'd never see coming. Um, I, I love that just there's this kid that's that sinister that he would do that. Uh, he really does live up to the reputation here. And uh, I guess there's also the last scene, which I don't know if we want to talk about the whole, you know, how did he actually do this? And then showing him, you know, hiding this Mission Impossible sting. Uh, anything else? I always go back in the actual, like, like, I remember doing this the first time I watched it too. Like after I saw the whole episode, I remember going back and watching the original oh, yeah. moment like when it all happened like the actual scene when we first saw it and there's like a brief moment where you can actually see oh really him in there like if you like there's like one zoom out shot where you see like his like costume the yellow costume mm-hmm. that he wears where he was walking toward Leslie and then that's yeah. it but I always remember going back and I'm like can you see anything did I show it and like you just missed it because you're paying attention to the actual scene or whatever but it's interesting if you go back and look at it. Yeah, I, I didn't actually think to do that, but that's cool. They go to that detail. Um, we have to give our ratings on this episode, unless there's anything that we missed talking about in this one, Rossi or Jamie. Andy's ugly shirt. Is he still wearing it in this episode? Yeah, Rossi, have you ever picked up on Andy wearing the exact same ugly yellow light shirt. yellow shirt every single time he's on the show? It's just no. it's my favorite little detail that most people would miss if they're you know trying to find Greg Pakitis. Where's Greg Pakitis in the scene? Whenever Andy has to dress up, he wears this ugly, ugly yellow shirt that looks like it doesn't fit him properly, and a tie. I don't know if the tie is the same every time. It's just the same ugly yellow shirt, and it's a little detail that just makes me laugh. Oh, yeah, because I'm like flashing back when he dress when he's doing the whole Jerry gets hit yeah. with the pie scene. Like, he's wearing that same yellow shirt now that I think yeah. about it. 
Yeah, so much. Oh, I don't know how many times. All the way to the end of the show, every single mm-hmm. time he's wearing that same shirt. And I always, I always point out to Jamie, it's like, it's the ugly yellow shirt. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Do we have anything else to talk about? We'll cover this whole show later on. But anything else that we missed in the episodes? Rossi? No, I think we talked enough about the straight people and everything. Yeah, so. there's a lot of characters here I know we're missing. We're missing Wendy, Tom's wife. That's a great character I'd love to talk about. Um, I, I bet you'd love to talk about it. <laughs> um, we're, we're missing Ron. We didn't really talk about Ron in this one. I mean, but he didn't. He kind of just had a few moments. I'm sure we'll get to him a lot in the next one. Uh, the next one's kind of a Ron episode, or at least a B story Ron. But uh, let's just get around to ranking this episode. Uh, this one's a hands down for me, so I'm just going to start it off. This is easily a buy it. Oh, am I next? Sure, if oh, you want to be. Sure. I give it a 9.2. No, that's not two. how this works. Is it buy it, rent it, or bin it? You've been on like a dozen episodes. Buy it, rent it, or bin it. But what if I want to give it a number? Okay, fine. Buy it. Okay, buy it. Rossi. I'm going to give it oh, a B plus. See, there you go. He knows what I'm talking about. This is why I am um. only doing two-person episodes from now on. <laughs> Um, Colin doesn't like recording with me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm torn because I, I want to give it a buy it, but I don't know if this is one of my favorite Parks and Rec episodes. It's, it's yeah, it's probably gonna, not one of my very favorites, but it's still like I can't think of anything bad about this episode, and I kind of want to watch it again already. Uh, it was. Uh, I feel like there was. I'm going to rent it just because I feel like there was too little going on. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the scenes just seemed to drag out while they were really funny. Like we got a lot of like the people at the party were just as yeah. doctors. Ha ha. LOL. They didn't dress up. And the guy left. I will agree with you. Anne's party and for sure had a lot less going on. Like it didn't get interesting really the party until yeah. Tom showed up. Well, that's kind of the joke too. And so like, yeah, but I just like, it seemed like too long to drag that out for a mm-hmm. punchline in such a short time. Okay. So I'm just going to rent it. I, lo- I love the episode. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's not a buy. Buy it, buy it, rent it. Okay. Um, so as we said, we're moving on to season four now because the weird thing about the show is that they just jumped all over the place in the schedule. It wasn't even always airing during the same time of year. Season four, episode five, meet and greet. So look at how many things can change just in one season. We're a season later, and Leslie's running for city council, I believe, in this season. We've already had a harvest festival. Everybody's happy and married now, or at least April and Andy are. And uh, we Little Sebastian is dead. Little Sebastian's dead, and I should say, my math, as always, totally checks out. This is two years later, not one season later. But yeah, so Little Sebastian's Bye bye, little Sebastian. Greatest song ever. Um, now we have not Chris Pratt, Chris Traeger, <laughs> played by Rob Lowe. Which is totally you. Yeah, Jamie believes that I'm Chris Traeger. Um, yes. And then Ben Wyatt, played by Adam Scott. Uh, two new characters to replace the very boring Mark. But we're on Halloween again. Who? Mark. Who is that? Mark. Mark is in this episode again. So <laughs> look for the Mark cameo still to come. Um, so we got another Halloween party, which is cool. This is kind of like a Parks and Rec thing now. And uh, who's hosting the Halloween party this time around? But not Anne. It's Andy and April, a newly married couple in Parks and Rec universe, uh, who are the world's worst 
what would you even call them? Tenants? Uh, do they own this house or do they rent it? Do we remember? I thought they owned it. If they rent it, then they're never getting their damage deposit back. Uh, so, fun story from them. The Halloween party is one half of it. The other half is Leslie is running for city council and she's trying to host a fundraiser or some type of uh, meet and greet. Hence the title of the episode. Where uh, she's looking to meet local independent business people and the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, so that part really isn't the Halloween story. The other part of the Halloween party is. Uh, let's start first with the meet and greet, because I think this is probably the secondary story. They're both about even, but I don't know. Do we have a, a poll around the room here? Which one was more interesting, the meet and greet story or the Halloween party? Oh, for sure the meet and greet for me. Are you serious? Oh. Yeah. Over the Halloween party with all the costumes and Ron fixing everything in sight? Um... But it was so funny. Tom made such a dick of him. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, okay. Good point. She, she she didn't even use that word butthead. Yeah. She's like, I don't use that word often. Yeah. But he's being a real dick. Yeah, that was a hilarious. Like, just the delivery of it and the, the timing. The party, that they set the party it up was really good, though. The, the timing where she's like, I don't like to throw the word butthead around, but when somebody's being a butthead, I like to call them a butthead. And Tom is being a real dick. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, let's let's talk about the Entertainment 720 party. So this is one of the things I always found cool about Parks and Recreation is that the show had changed. And I know I've read at least, I wasn't watching at the time, but one of the early criticisms of the show was that viewers thought that the season one story, which I guess was part of season two as well, just building this park in the hole uh, across from Anne's house, was going to be the entire series. And it ended up just being like one part of it. And every year we'd have different stories that they'd follow. And one of the cool things is that, like, characters wouldn't always stay. Sometimes they'd go. You know, we had Ben, I think, the next season went off and, you know, was uh, working for somebody else and working in a different city. Uh, And in this one, it's Tom, who's left the Parks Department, and he's opened up Entertainment 720, uh, a media company with his best friend, uh, Jean Raffio. (laughs) Now, is he the most annoying character in the history of television? I, I actually think he's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, I love him. He's funny, but he's if if Tom is an annoying funny, John Raphael is like annoying, annoying funny. No, I actually like him. You think he's less annoying than Tom? I love his like. Oh, I can't say that on air. <laughs> I love his. Um, you just said the word dick. Uh, like I don't know, like his like smug, smart, smarminess. But okay, attitude. Rossi, who's more annoying between the two? Tom, hands down. You think Tom's more... How can Tom be more... And I'm not even saying I don't like John Raphael. I just think that, like, he needs to be in small doses for a reason. And kind of like what you were saying with Tom, it's the same reaction. Sometimes they're like, oh, I hate this guy, but he's getting the right reaction out of me. He's not in this episode either. He's running the business with Tom, and he's not even in this. I think if Tom and John Raphael switch place for this episode, it would be, like, ten times better. Are you serious? <laughs> I love I Tom just annoys me so much more just because I think you asked the wrong guy, Colin. <laughs> like he's what I want in small doses. Just because, like maybe it is because we see John Raphael in small doses that he doesn't bother me. But yeah. if Tom was in small doses, I feel like I'd love the character more. I just feel like I see him so much, and especially in this episode, the gag is the same throughout the whole thing. Oh, but it's so good. I mean, it's not bad. And it kind of just grates on my nerves. 
some of the fun things, like you said, it is the same joke. It really is. I mean, Tom's basically throwing this party, this fundraiser or whatever for Leslie at her campaign, but makes it all about himself. You know, you walk in there and it's Tom's face on everything, including a rug, because it's always been his dream to have his face on a rug. Uh, the cake, <laughs> it's just, but keep the cake. <laughs> just scrape the words off. And then just the way that her speech goes, like this is why I love Tom. When she's making this speech about, you know, I'm here for this and I really want to do good for the community. And all of a sudden Tom's voice just comes on and the, the lights dim and it's like, thank you for that introduction. Now, Entertainment 720 introduces Tom Haverford, you know. And when he comes out and he, oh, everything he does is great. Like just how he's just upstaging her, you know, doesn't get what this is, his bad read on people. And especially, come on, let's give it up for his video confessional uh, from the, the uh, I guess, incognito identity, which is clearly Tom just silhouetted. <laughs> and it says, Mark, there's the Mark cameo across the bottom of the screen. And he basically is like, you know, saying, I'm not allowed to reveal my identity. I invented Facebook. <laughs> and then the way that Leslie delivers that line is like, that was not Mark Zuckerberg. Is that who that was? I just love Tom. Like, he just, he exists in his own world. And he doesn't need to, like, there's a lot of characters that work well playing off of each other, you know? We talked about that last time with like Louis C.K. and uh, uh, Amy Poehler, how they played off of each other. Tom can't play off of anybody. That's the way his character is. And he has to be the guy. He's just that child, the precocious child that just wants to upstage everybody. Like, he's awesome. I like him. Rossi, anything Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, any other? I, I don't dislike him is what the, I feel like the impression you're getting. It's just that I think... Some of the jokes can be like a little bit okay. We heard kind of get the idea, mm-hmm. um, but like some of that is so funny. Like what you said, yeah, about the that's who that was. Like <laughs> was really funny to me, and I love the the last scene when Leslie is coming by the to the hot tub yeah. limo, and she's like, "Is this just keep going?" It just keeps going, and then he's in there with full suit, and it's just funny to me. Yeah, and and the part where she's, uh, I can't look at your face right now. Look at me! (laughs) Just pulling him up and dunking him over and over again. Uh, I mean, it's not the greatest plot line, and I think what I did like about this was all these plots where Tom would have his business ventures and occasionally leave, and then it would just end. Like, in a regular sitcom, you know, this is maybe a one-episode joke, and maybe this is kind of what you're talking about. I mean, Tom's storylines go on for half of a season. You know, we're here about five or six episodes in at least, and now, you know, Entertainment 720 is going bankrupt. And even the logo, I love that they draw attention to the fact that it has like the worst logo ever. Uh, but I don't know, of all Tom's business ventures, can we agree that uh, the best one was Rent-A-Swag? In terms of what? like Tom's business ventures. Like, in most successful? No, like which one, which one provided the best entertainment? Which one did you like the best? Which one was the funniest? And sure, which one... <laughs> would be the best business venture. I didn't know if you were trying to be serious. And I was like, well, yeah, it is a good bit. He did, he did make yeah, money. Like Looking at his business plan, economically. His stocks are going up. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I like, I mean, Wrenchstag was good, but I kind of like Entertainment 720 just because, like, there was the ridiculousness of they have, like, that cash toilet or whatever. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> all that unnecessary junk and the the guy in the background just playing basketball for no reason. <laughs> like, just the, the fun of, like, the fact that they could just spend all this money for no reason, and I love that. And I, I mean, you can't go past the snake juice thing. Yeah. At the snake hole. I think those were funnier, at least in my immediate memory right now. 
than the Rent-A-Swag. Well, maybe it is because I'm looking at Rent-A-Swag and thinking like, that really could work. Like, why is nobody doing Rent-A-Swag? Am I the only one that actually really likes him having a restaurant or is that just because of how much I like food? Yeah, that's because how much you like food. I mean, oh, okay. we weren't getting a lot of entertainment out of his restaurant. That was kind of Tom toned down, I guess. Which Rossi actually might like. What? Toned down Tom? Yeah. I just um, want I just want to eat there. Boring. I don't know. It was it was it was okay. Uh, the other storyline, which probably provided a lot more in this episode, because all the other characters are involved, it wasn't just Leslie and Tom, was the Halloween party, and it's great even how it starts out with you know. The coolest thing about Andy and April is I don't think there's any way that the producers sat down when they made this show and made these characters and said, we're going to marry these two characters in two years, you know? It just would never happen. And it was kind of just like, I don't know, freak luck or maybe the the few scenes they had together. They said, well, we got these two immature characters. Let's put them together because we've got nothing else better to do. But just they're polar opposites. And even the way they introduced the Halloween party, she's like, you know, someone's going to die. And he goes, die of fun. You know, they're just complete opposite characters well, i think they have such good chemistry though. they do yeah that's what's so great about them but yet their characters are polar opposites which is what makes it funny and they don't notice like it's it's almost like they if you talk about tom exists in his own world andy and april's world they believe they're the same person even though they're total opposites and maybe just because like i think the, there's also like a layer of this that um chemistry of um Aubrey Plaza with Chris Pratt mm-hmm. as like their total opposite humans yeah, that like are perfectly typecast and I think that there's just this like innate like chemistry between the people on set and everything that really changes it too mm-hmm. and so I think that's why they're so dynamic together is because you've got like the spectrum in like in the matter of like that short scene between the there's gonna be de- dying of fun like all that <laughs> Like shows the the such contrast of character mm-hmm. and everything. Did I tell you, by the way, while we were watching this episode, that when um, Andy was wrestling with Ben, Ben, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. When he was wrestling Ben, um, and he was talking about his brothers or whatever, how he grew up with so many, it actually completely reminded me about everything that I had to endure growing up. Yeah, like because I have seven brothers. For people that don't listen, I didn't grow up with any sisters, and so I had to grow up with my brothers, you know, wrestling me and stuff like that, and pinning me because they were clearly like so much bigger than me, and then also um, uh, drooling on my face almost. <laughs> they they would they would literally they would literally they would literally yeah hover over me. <laughs> I, I'm Chris Trigger now. They they would literally hover over me, and their drool would come like halfway to my face, and then they would suck it back up, and then it would go again. They would either do that or they would fart in my face. <laughs> so you know, being as the age that I am and everything, even though I'm a 28 year old year old woman, I know what farts taste like. Oh, <laughs> we never. If anybody was going to say that on the Oz Network, I didn't expect it would be you, but maybe I did expect. I it have be you. seven brothers. I know, only and only one of them is younger, so I know what they taste like, okay. and they're disgusting. <laughs> um, boys are gross, but but you know. Oh what? yeah, boys are gross. Why don't we talk about what Jamie did to her brothers? But, okay, how about she stuck a fork in boiling water and flung it at the back of her brother's head, and it stuck out of his skull. 
Okay, okay. For several minutes until they pulled it out. Okay, you know but what? But no, boys are I have gross. to give you a little bit of the story really quickly, okay? Because you're the one that brought it up, and people are going to think that I'm an absolute monster like Norman Bates or something, okay? No, my brother was spending, like, that week, you know, torturing me like crazy, whipping me with Twizzlers, and if anybody has had that done to them, it freaking hurts. And so, anyways, he got on my nerves one day so much that I was making, like, Chinese noodles or something like that, and I stuck the fork in there. I thought, oh, wouldn't this be fun if I flung it at him? And I flung it at, at him, and it stuck out of the back of his head. And he ran around with his arms in the air screaming, and it was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. And then finally, we, we took it out. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, it was great. You wonder I'm, why I'm, I'm always not calling, a monster. You wonder why I'm always calling you a bully, too. <laughs> hey, um, I was the only girl. I had to fend for myself. I, don't know. I can see why you both ended up together. You both get enjoyment from other people's pain. Yeah, I like to watch Whether people be a fork in the head or people falling on surfboards. Yeah, or exactly. No, Col- Colin likes to watch people burning. Yeah, it gets much worse. Than <laughs> if the people are on fire, he 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 laughs hysterically. Yeah, uh, nobody was on fire in this episode, though. Um, no, we'll get to the the brother scene. There was a fun moment there. I just want to talk about another unsung hero of Parks and Recreation, which is Oren. Like, you guys want to talk about John Raphael. Oren is like my hero. Like, he doesn't speak. You know, he probably has a handful of lines in the history of the show. Pops up maybe once or twice a season. And is just the creepiest looking person you've ever seen. And in this episode, it's just things like, you know, Oren just standing in the background. They'll just do a brief cutaway to Oren. And just has this crazed look in his eye. And they never go anywhere with it. But then it's like, he slowly starts to walk into Ben's room. And Ben's like, out Oren. Like... Oh, Oren is amazing. Uh, thoughts on Oren? Oh, I, I didn't know you were talking to me. I, I was staring at you. Oh, <laughs> well, Rossi doesn't know what you're staring at. Okay, well. Anyways, yeah, no, he's pretty awesome. He pretty much reminds me of friends that I used to have in high school because, well, no one would, would probably believe me now because when I say it, they're like, what? But when I go back, like, you know, 10 plus years ago when I was in high school, I was goth, and I was around all the kids that were goths and emo and all yeah. of that. Uh, you flung forks into the back of your brother's head, and it's going to be a stretch to believe that you might have been dark as a child and teenager. Uh, I guess you have a good point there, but yeah. Rossi, do you love Oren? Yeah, Oren's one of these weird characters that has like the probably the least dialogue mm-hmm. out of any speaking character ever on the show, but yet... He's so memorable for the like his lack of dialogue and everything, and he just has to look at you, and it's just like oh, we're done, we're done. Mm-hmm. I just think that he's such a good like contrast to the characters. He's just so fun. Uh, let's go through some of the costumes here, like we did in the last episode. A lot more in this one. Not as many doctors. Uh, Donna's a policewoman, um, a policeman. It's funny that he's you know, Sherlock Holmes, Chris Traeger, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, but he identifies her as a policeman, and she says, you would be correct, you know? Uh, so I guess she's a policeman uh, as a woman or something. And by the way, when you're talking about Donna being policewoman or whatever, did you catch, you know, when it entered her uh, with that scene that she was actually checking out this other guy's costume where basically, like, he was a pizza delivery boy and he yeah. had pizza? Okay, because, like... I, a again, pizza box <laughs> hanging on his schlong. Uh, again, like, maybe it's, like, just me because, like, I really love food, but I'm like, wow, that makes me really hungry for pizza. I wonder if there's really pizza in there. Okay, wait. So there's a guy who was naked except for the fact that a pizza box was being held up by his dong, and you're like, wow, maybe really hungry for pizza. Um... Well, what's 
it's not touching his dong, so like, what's wrong? What with else that? is it standing up on? <laughs> well, the the box is there. I would still eat the pizza. It didn't actually touch his <laughs> no, dong. No, I'm just commenting hey, on the fact. And what's with that... you with your podcast talking about dongs all the time? What the heck? <laughs> Um, for context, listen to face-off recap that Ben and I did last week where we successfully changed the Wikipedia page for two actors, including Joan Allen. Stop talking about my dong! That they have exceptionally large <laughs> dongs. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, what other costumes did we have here? Ron is a pirate again. We mentioned that for the last episode. Uh, he's always a pirate. That's his only costume. Andy as UFC fighter Chuck Liddell. Uh, I don't even watch UFC. You know, I, I don't even know if I could. I would have known the name, but I couldn't have identified him. I just love his costume, like how ridiculous it is. He's got this mohawk bald cap on. I thought he was supposed to be Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> he was white, Mr. T. So did you miss the part well, he, where they... Well, he, he is white. No, but Mr. T is not, is my no, point. No, I know, but that's what Mr. T looks like with that hairstyle. <laughs> All right. Um... Anyway. I don't know. The costume looks hilarious. And, of course, April, Rossi's profile pic, uh, a sumo wrestler who didn't want her costume to be inflated because she says, I'm a sumo wrestler who just lost a lot of weight. After the weight loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also good. Uh, Jerry's Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> uh, and of it's course, very fitting. Yeah. I, I don't know. What was Jerry's daughter? Okay, this is another one of the storylines. You know, Anne and Chris have broken up, and Jerry's daughter is dating Chris. And that's kind of the thing they have in this episode is that, you know, Jerry tries to say, uh, oh, I'm comfortable with you you and my daughter. But then every time Chris says something inappropriate or does something inappropriate, he's just very uncomfortable at the end of it. What was the costume Chris's daughter's wearing? Well, it looked like some kind of schoolgirl thing. I, I, I thought it was like Glinda. Glinda from Wizard of Oz? <laughs> or like some princess thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just It was one costume I couldn't identify in here. Um Best parts of this storyline. What course, about you? Forgot to mention Anne as an eggplant. Oh, how could I not have mentioned? Speaking of making me feel hungry, that, Anne is an eggplant. That's his hottie. I right love there. Anne. Oh, sorry, I love eggplant. <laughs> Colin, Colin has an obsession with Spy Girls and with nurses. Yeah. Um, so you then, must have loved that last episode we recapped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, but no, I mean the eggplant costume was hilarious. Of course, she loses it right away. Anne's out of her costume. Let's move on here. You know what? I, I think I think it would be like your dream for me to dress up for Halloween as, as a nurse. Anne? Oh, as, as a, a nurse. nurse. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Um, You're like, let's not talk plant. about it right now. That's yeah. awkward. Or a nurse who's a spy undercover. But wouldn't I undercover. be, though, if I'm not really myself and I'm pretending to be someone else? Or an eggplant. Am I really even Jamie? Nurse. I have no idea where we're going with this right now. This is the weirdest, like, foreplay ever. Yeah, let's end this now. Um... You have to give this, like, a, an X rating or something. Yeah, Stop talking about my dong! <laughs> okay, Jamie, enough with the dongs. Uh, okay, Chris is Sherlock. Now, we'll talk about a few of the characters here because it's mostly just little bits with them. Uh, we'll get to the main storylines, which are Ron and Ben in this episode, but we have to mention him because he's Chris. Rob Lowe as Chris Traeger. Now, I wouldn't say that I was ever, like, a huge Rob Lowe fan. You know, I probably only knew him from Wayne's World. Uh, a little bit on the West Wing as well. I wasn't, like, you know, a diehard fan of the West Wing. But when I saw him on the show, it's just like, this is the greatest man in the history of the universe. And, like, I probably believe Rob Lowe to be, like, my idol, my hero. Like, I aspire to be more like Rob Lowe in life now. 
you know, minus, you know, some of the scandals that he had in the 90s. <laughs> I was going to say you better add an addendum. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, don't don't Google Rob Lowe's Wikipedia page right now. Um, but I just love, don't like, edit it to say something about dongs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's what you guys yeah. do. <laughs> but I don't know. If I had to pick a fictional spirit animal my fictional spirit animal would be chris traeger i just love the man like he's the funniest character ever and maybe i do identify with the character in a weird way uh rossi what are your thoughts on chris uh we know you're a big ben fan but how about chris um yeah i liked him too and for some reason like they came in and i was like i love them both yeah um i i think and chris uh traeger's character gets such a unique storyline um between all his love interests, his uh, work with Dr. R- Dr. Richard Nygaard. <laughs> and he's just so fun. Like, he's such high energy. And, like, I think the show does the contrast well of, like, you've got Andy in contrast to April. Mm-hmm. And you've got Chris Traeger probably in contrast to Ron Swanson. Yeah. Like, kind of the exact opposite. Who goes on? He goes on health. He does exercising. Ron drinks whiskey and doesn't do work and like <laughs> eats bacon and yeah like doesn't care about his health he's mm-hmm. gonna die anyway all that kind of stuff so i love i love that the trust for the government versus the skepticism on government yeah you're onto something there so i think that his character works so well with everyone and rob lowe's got such an energy as well so it like mm-hmm. works so well with the show and I, I love all the scenes with those two characters mainly they're like some of my favorites Jamie, Rob Lowe, Chris Traeger. Uh, I, I literally? Think, I think that he is literally so funny. Um, throughout the whole show, I, I watch him, and it's hilarious how many times I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just like Colin. Like, you know, he's he's always, when he he's talking about running and stuff like that, and uh, talking about health things, and it's like, oh my goodness, it just reminds me of Colin. Yeah, I, I don't know. I See, I don't get the personality as much. I mean... It, I, I'd be a very like muted Chris Traeger because the thing that the thing that annoys Jamie most about me is that I'm way too positive for the most part, which you won't get when we criticize movies on here. But like, if we're out in public and somebody cuts us off in traffic and we nearly get run off the road and then they flip us the bird, Jamie's like, "What a dick!" And I'm like, "Well, maybe he had a bad day. You never know, you know." I'm like giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, which annoys you, and the fact that I don't stop moving, like. There is that, yeah. Yeah, I, I will work in an office and stand for an hour a day and pace back and forth just because I feel like it at a desk. But And there there also is the fact that I used to be like 100 pounds heavier than I am now. And part of that is obviously because I like to eat crap. <laughs> <laughs> and you eat way healthier than me. And I did lose some weight before we got married. I think I only lost like 50 pounds. So I lost like half the amount of weight when we got married. And then like the other half I, I lost after I was with you because it's so much easier to eat healthy because you're always ragging on me about it. Yeah. I also can't eat anything that's junky because it all has gluten in it. Uh, celiac hey, disease. Jamie, come and, come and have some of these bean sprouts. They're so healthy. <laughs> I'm not really I'm, like that. And I'm like, they taste like grass. Like, why am I paying to eat dirt? Yeah, not so much like that. Um, mm, Brussels sprouts. No, Brussels sprouts are actually good. Yeah. All why, right. does it, why do you sound, make Colin sound like, um, oh, what's his name? Um, the Star Wars character. What? Uh, the, like the Misa no like. Oh, Jar Jar Binks? Jar Jar is like Jar Jar Binks. I don't know. Because it's just exaggerated. I don't know. Colin's always on me, you know, because I always like to eat like crap. 
Probably doesn't want me to become a whale again. <laughs> Misa like healthy eating and big dongs. Uh, <laughs> let's just move on here. Yeah, I love Chris too. I mean, as I said, he's my literally my fictional spirit animal. Um, he really would be. He made the show, and I, I feel like the show took a bit of a nosedive when he left. Uh, and I don't agreed. Think, it's just yeah, he was the right balance for all the characters. And it wasn't just because his dong was missing. Yeah. You're uh, also saying that because Ann Perkins' character left the show, too. Yes, that's the other problem. Anne's gone. Uh, no more eggplants or raggedy Where's Anne's your eye candy now? Yeah. Um, no, it was a sad day. Uh, I still don't think I'm over it. Uh, let's talk about the two main stories. So here's a character uh, that was brought in along with Chris, which is Ben. And Ben is the replacement for Mark. He's the straight man, the one who's kind of just has the sarcastic comeback. He's not as quirky as everybody else. But I guess, in a way, he's kind of the heart of the show. And that's what Mark wasn't, is that Mark, you didn't care he was there. And you didn't care anything, like any of his storylines or nothing. You didn't care about him. But with Ben, they kind of make him this underdog character. And then they develop this really unlikely love story between him and Leslie, which takes over the entire show and works in so many weird ways. Uh, And yet at the same time, he probably had less involvement in the storylines just because, I mean, his role was what, as an assistant to Chris? Uh, more or less a background character that just evolved. Um, ben in this one, of course, as the straight man, didn't know that they were having a Halloween party and wanted to spend the night in his room. And there's some great sarcastic comments here like, uh, uh, oh yeah, don't worry, it's my fault. I didn't tell you that I'd be working quietly in my room all night. And then Andy's, of course, like, that's a good point. I guess we're even. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's so much good stuff in here. And of course, he goes through all of his bottled up rage, which is, you know, my parents always taught me to bottle up your feelings. And that is why my parents, after 36 years, are still divorced. <laughs> um, it all leads to the big fight with Andy and this. Andy trying to bring the rage out of Ben. Uh, Rossi, I'll let you start here. Uh, Adam, Scott, and Ben brought so much life to the show, just like Rob Lowe did. Yes. An icon. Um, and, like, I think that's a very fair point, what you said about he was, like, probably supposed to be the Mark the background character, but just because he's just so lovable Mm -hmm. he's like a puppy dog you just love him and he brought so much and i love that he got his love like the love interest with leslie is so great and there's so many episodes dedicated to that like the next quote-unquote next halloween episode you can call it a halloween episode (laughs) is their proposal and everything and it's like so obviously in one season how much has developed since like the last episode we just recapped where Leslie was dating Louis C.K. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the new characters develop so much and I just love all his quirks and um, it's kind of like the Jim Halpert of the series, yeah. just relating it to the office like with the the camera stare downs and like the, <laughs> the lovable... Like, they have it in the opening credits him just sort of looking at the camera and shrugging like what am I supposed to say here? He always, he's like the character that always does that like Jim is always doing the same thing and it's just like they're both lovable guys and everything and uh i go i just i just can't stop i love him so much and also i want to say the quirkiest thing about his character i guess because he is the straight man on the show but they make him this very realistic geek you know like pop culture (laughs) geek uh he he just has a dream of wearing a batman costume and it's it's funny because you never see that with him they don't overplay it it's like you know, maybe once or twice a season you have a moment like that or him sitting on the Game of Thrones throne. And I just, like as somebody who watches, you know, Game of Thrones or and is into Game of Thrones or 
some of this other stuff he does not like the what was his name the cones of dunshire (laughs) (laughs) like they just play up all these like geek quirks that i think other geeks watch this and they're like i get this guy and it's not over the top it's not making fun of it makes sense and i always remember that episode this is like the ben appreciation night here uh, I remember that episode where somebody was talking about Game of Thrones and being a fantasy show. It's not a fantasy show. It's a crossover hit, you know, that reaches multiple audiences. Like, you got so passionate about it. That's kind of like the way I am with, you know, certain things. Uh, Jamie, anything to add on Ben? I, I think that Rossi pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head with that one. He's just like this lovable puppy dog character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I love how, um, like, he, he super intelligent guy, but I love how... It's just like uh, this look that he gives where he's he's got like this blank stare on his face because he's like, okay, because it's like he doesn't understand how to respond to all these different social interactions with people when they're crazy. Mm-hmm. There's all these other crazy characters on the show and he's just like, all right. <laughs> and also kind of like you brought up with the uh, the last episode, Rossi, you know, with, uh, with Amy Poehler. I mean, in some ways these characters are playing themselves or they're bringing so much themselves to the, the character. Uh, I have to say, Adam Scott needs his own podcast. Like, there's a podcast, I don't know if anybody out there or either of you have heard it, it's called How Did This Get Made? And yeah. it's just a few comedians. I think I played it for you. A few comedians who sit down and they'll in front of a, record in front of a live audience and they'll just mock a movie, kind of like we're doing right here, except they do it in front of an audience and they're funnier than we are. Um, and Adam Scott's a frequent guest on there. And for whatever reason, they always bring him on when there's a Vin Diesel movie. Like, he is so good on those and he is so bent. Uh, you know, a little bit more jovial than Ben, uh, but like uh, just hilarious. Listen, somebody give Adam Scott his own podcast. Um, this storyline with him fighting is great. You know, it played his character well, and also the fight with Andy's hilarious. And he's just like, you know, I'm going to beat you up because I'm a mature person. And then he just kicks the back of his chair. Um, my favorite line, of course, here was where he talks about the Dwyer method, which is yelling, wrestling, crying, followed by lots of hugs. Then more wrestling and then more crying when the wrestling got out of hand. Did you notice that, like, when he was wrestling with him, that he was, like, totally humping him? Yeah, there was one part where he was, like, straddling him and dry humping Ben. And, um, then, and again, Ben's just like, Ugh. Yeah, Ben's not, that's what's great, is that it's not even a fight to Ben. He's not even responding. Like, the part when they're on the couch and he's, it just has him in a headlock and he's eating chips at the same time. It's so good. Uh, anything else you want to add about this storyline, Rossi, with uh, or any moments I'm missing with the Ben? And we'll get to the Anne and Ron part in a moment. Ben and uh, Andy and their fight. I definitely advocate for people to watch Model everything like, up. No, like to look at um, some YouTube clips or something, or the videos online of um, Chris Pratt doing like improv. Because mm-hmm. there's like, like when they mess up a line. Chris Pat will just keep going with it. <laughs> so if like like there was a, I, for, I saw one on YouTube. I forget what the the context was, but he messed up and he was like, he thought the guy was a spy or something, and he's like, he like flubbed his line, and all of a sudden he's like, so are you working for ISIS? And it's like he'll like, <laughs> or so, I forget the exact words. I'm like making things up, but like he'll just like play with it. And yeah. so there's such, so I could see some of this like fighting being a part of like. How many takes did they take for this? And, like, what what's Chris Pratt doing after mm-hmm. they mess up and everything? Um, well, I mean, I, I remember hearing a story. And this was Chris Pratt talking. This was just after he got in shape for Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was saying, you know, he started on Parks and Recreation. He was, you know, maybe a little bit chubby, but not, like, too overweight. And then 
he noticed that you know he as he started putting on some weight that people found him funnier and he kind of connected the dots and he's like if i'm fatter people will like me more and like he was saying this as like a joke where he would say i'd eat like three cheeseburgers for lunch and then have two more cheeseburgers for a snack 10 minutes later you know just because he thought well you know a guy like me will be funnier if he's fat and he put on all this weight just because he thought it was like funny and yeah, little things he does, like a lot of his Pratt falls, Chris Pratt falls, and things like that. You can totally see it as improv, but I get the, this fight. It may have entirely... There may not have been a script in this episode for Andy and Ben, for all we know. Like, this could have just been them winging it. Can I point oh, something wait. else out? Oh, go ahead, Ross. Okay. I'll point it out. No, no, well, I just wanted no. to point out in that Jamie came running out of the other room to talk about Chris Pratt shirtless in Guardians of the Galaxy, and yet insists that she found him attractive when he was still, you know, out of shape. We've been talking about Chris Pratt here in this episode, who spends the entire episode shirtless, but out of shape, and Jamie hasn't said one thing. Oh, no, I noticed. Believe me. I, I got my fill of it, though, because as soon as you guys were all talking about that, he was, like, swimming around in my mind. So, actually... <laughs> Let's stop here. <laughs> so, actually, yesterday, not today, yesterday, I actually watched on Netflix Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Well, she didn't okay. tell me. She didn't okay. tell me that, so now I'm wondering. <laughs> well, uh, well, it wasn't like porn or anything. It was just nice to look at. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but th- this storyline's fun, uh, and these are two characters that you know they kind of end this episode is like you know we're not friends, we're brothers, and all that. Um, and when Andy's asking for the apology, it's like not an apology. It's like the only thing you owe me is to pay for the studio recordings for my band, which is fifty eight hundred dollars. Um, they don't really play that much off of each other. Like, I'm struggling to think of a lot of Ben and Andy episodes. Like, this is one of the only ones that comes to mind. And yet, yeah, they're so good in this. I kind of wish there were more. Can, can Rossi, can you think of any other ones or any other major scenes they had? Uh, nothing's really coming to mind, which is, like, sad, like strange to think because there aren't that many characters in this show. Mm-hmm. Like if we're like looking at the people we think about, like the, the core cast, there's like six, seven, like yeah, and like I can't think of a scene. Like I don't know if Jamie's got anything on mind. I can't think of anything. She, either. She's got something on mind, but it's not gonna be helpful. Yes, yeah, so, sorry. I, you know what? I'm still thinking about Chris Pratt. Okay, but I also am still thinking in the back of my head about like what the heck did Tom serve in his restaurant. Oh, I want you're to know really hungry right now. Um, I'm not hungry. I, I just, you know, I, let's, I really could go for pizza. Look, <laughs> don't say pizza again. Let's pizza. wrap this up. A couple of things I missed in here. I wanted to mention before we get into the final storyline. Uh, when Jerry's his Mr. Potato Head and something like that. And he was just complimenting Jerry because Jerry was being mature about him dating his daughter. And Chris is like, Jerry, you're beautiful. And then he pauses and goes on the inside. <laughs> Even Chris, the nicest guy in the world, is going to slam Jerry, which is so good about Jerry. We'll talk about him one of these days. In other words, only you have a face only a mother could love. Yeah. And here's where another reason why I connect Leslie and Jamie as two characters. Uh, because of the, the part where, you know, the lady was saying, I was like, oh, I love your business. I love your business. You've never come to my salad place. He goes, that's because I don't hate myself. Like, that's that's totally a Jamie thing. And I get more support from voters by not eating gross things. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like 50% uh, Leslie, 50% Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> also, I thought of a, a, a Ben-Andy oh, connection. Um, like, later on, Ben ends up working for Sweetums. The, oh, yeah. And then he hires Andy to work for him. 
That's right. Yeah, as his assistant. And that's the only other thing that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the last storyline here, which is Ron, and we could go all day on Ron. It's funny that the two episodes we have here, there's not as much for Ron to do in them. But like, Ron's amazing, and you know, there's there's nothing else we can say other than the fact he's amazing. But this is like the perfect Ron storyline because he shows up to this Halloween party and he comes out and he's telling Andy, it's like, did you know your faucet is dripping? He goes, I just stuffed a sock in it. What else am I supposed to do? And he asks him for a toolbox and Andy gives him a toolbox, which Ron shows to the camera and narrates as a toolbox consisting of a hand. And first of all, it's in a plastic bag. And Jamie looked at me and said, that's totally our toolbox. <laughs> which It's not, but you're pretty close, I guess. <laughs> We got some really weird things in our toolbox that I've never used. Yeah, our toolbox uh, consisted of hand-me-downs from Jamie's younger brother uh, that he bought at a dollar store. (laughs) (laughs) It's really terrible. When we were putting, um, we got some stuff from Ikea, like a table and chairs, and we were putting them together. I couldn't find a hammer in our toolbox, so I took, what was it? It was like a giant board or something like that that was lying around the house, (laughs) like a leaflet for a table or something like that, and I started pounding the chair pieces together with that. Um, very sad. Uh, yeah, but then, of course he has in there, it's like the, a hammer, um, a half-eaten pretzel, a baseball card, a cartridge that says Sonic and Hedgehog, and then a flashlight filled with jelly beans. <laughs> um, and of course the storyline is that he decides he wants to give them their wedding present and just, uh, goes to Lowe's, tells the guy there, I know more than you do, and just walks away from him, which was hilarious. And then Anne just, you know, takes up the challenge to fix everything around the house with him. Uh, so many good uh, moments in this one. Rossi, anything that stands out here for you or do you want to just talk about Ron or Anne, any? Um, I like, I thought this was um, interesting, especially in contrast to our last episode where Ron's at Anne's party and now they're at someone else's party fixing things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the the scene when they come out to the party and they're, like, we're going to have to turn the lights off. We got a thing for the fuse in it. <laughs> yeah. And Anne's like, calm down, people. It's just a few. I forget what her line yeah, was she goes, now. Uh, when he's basically saying, we're going to turn off the lights for only a minute. She goes, we've got to switch off the main fuse hose. And he goes, it's just a fuse. It's just a fuse, people. It's just, it's just a fuse. A fuse. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. And then the, then they turn the lights off and everyone goes crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I love that, um, I mean, Ron's character obviously dislikes Anne throughout yeah. most of the show, but like they have these few moments where they're like they get along, they 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 understand, they appreciate certain things, mm-hmm. and it is just it's fun like that at this crazy party there are people who are just like fixing the mechanical and equipment and everything, and I just think it's funny. Yeah, when she's talking about the flange on the you know blah 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 blah, and he's like, "You just made all that up." <laughs> No, yeah, but it sounded good. It was fun to see, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun story, and it's the perfect story for Ron, because, like, this is the greatest thing about Ron. Ron is almost like the sitcom equivalent of, uh, I don't know, an anti-government Hank Hill. Like, you ever watch King of the Hill? Nope. Okay, well, King of the Hill, I mean, Hank Hill's, like, the dullest human being ever. And I'm not saying Ron is dull, but he's just, he doesn't have interests, you know, and even when he... There's that one thing where he writes the book, uh, How to Be a Man or whatever, and you know, there's like one page inside, and it's like, Be a Man or something like that. I mean, all these little things that Ron does that are just like hilarious because he has no interests and doesn't want to talk to people. Like, he's totally antisocial. I've been trying to get my brother to watch this show for years because I say that he is like Ron Swanson, and he probably is like Ron Swanson. 
Um, but yeah, he's such a great character. Uh, I love it. Um, Jamie's coming back from the bathroom, which you probably heard her whispering, I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, we're like an hour into this episode and she's excused herself twice. She's very committed to the Oz Network. Uh, what other fun moments do we have to talk on in this episode as we're waiting for Jamie to come back? Um, oh yeah, the the funny moment where you know he basically said you know as far as Ben saying to Andy some boundaries, just don't you know use my comforter or whatever to build forts, and he says you know we're not going to be able to use his comforters <laughs> for pillow forts, and April's like well what are we going to have sex on now? <laughs> I also loved um, we kind of didn't really talk about it, but the whole we talked briefly, but Chris and Jerry's daughter. Yeah, throughout the whole party, like making things uncomfortable, and they're making out, and he's right there. Mm-hmm. And then they're doing the like humping and like <laughs> the grinding, and then April just comes and takes the smile mm-hmm. and makes it a Turns frown. It down. Yeah, like that's the coolest thing about the show is that half of the funniest moments on this are just little things that happen in the background, or like blink and you miss it. You know, like uh, it's like silent film, like funny things that you just like throw in there, and it's just like that's funny. You don't mm-hmm. need to say anything; it's just funny to see. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, do you want to add anything on Ron and Anne's story or just Ron and Anne in general? Are you talking about, like, when they're fixing stuff? Yeah. Well, that was the episode. <laughs> no, I know. I was just, you know, tinkling for a second. There, so. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't wait. I'm sorry. You know, it was just like when I had to wash my, my face the other day. Um, the other day isn't like 30 minutes ago, okay? <laughs> no, like, other time we're recording. Anyway. Yeah, that was 30 minutes ago. Continue. Anyway, so... <laughs> Okay, shut up. Okay, just continue. <laughs> anyway, see, okay, you know what? I just have to laugh about something. I got nothing else to add. You already said what I was going to say with Anne. I like the whole flange. I said what you were going to say with Anne? Yeah, like the, the I like the, oh, that the part. flange okay. part or whatever that she was talking about. Colin just did a part. No, 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 hold on. We're going to get to this on the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I we don't have time for Jamie to do it. Unless, well, here, Jamie, you can take over. You want to do this quiz really quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically the episode. Uh, if we don't have anything else to add on this, we, we can rate this episode. Or Rossi, anything else you want to add on this one? Um, I like that at the end of the episode, we end up with uh, Chris Pratt getting a broken nose. Yeah. <laughs> and even just the way he responds, and he's like, no, blood capsules. Okay, my nose is broken. We got to go to the hospital. Uh, and even another thing I just want to add, one last funny moment here, another Jamie one with... Uh, Leslie when she's eating breakfast is, and she says you know Tom and I will we'll go after we eat and she goes didn't I tell them to put whipped cream on this and it's literally swimming in whipped cream but yeah Jamie's totally like that too uh, let's rate this episode so buy it bin it or rent it Rossi you go first um uh, I think I'm gonna buy mm-hmm. Jamie um, oh wait yeah. Rossi continue <laughs> I know I was gonna I was going to say, I'm going to buy it. I think that all the little scenes made up to make it really great. Like all the, even though this episode was a lot more compartmented, like a little, mm-hmm. lot of little more, a lot of little segments compared to the last episode. Like, I think all those scenes just combined to make it great. And all the little, little moments that just made it really great. Like the, the fuse hose and the, <laughs> the I don't hate myself. I don't eat salad. Yeah. Like all those like small things just made it up for it. And I think it was a great episode. Uh, Jamie, buy it, bin it, rent it. Um, this one, I, I don't know. It's a TV show. I'd like to watch it again. <laughs> Can you just give one rating properly? Buy it, bin it, rent it. Buy it, sure. Okay, 
Um, yeah, I was going to say rented for this one, but kind of the way you were explaining it, Rossi, I'm going to change my vote on this because it wasn't the overall story, which I thought was just okay. Uh, it was just all the little funny moments. Like there wasn't one scene in this that <laughs> was boring and Jamie just finished her quiz and this is funny too. Um, yeah, so I guess buy it all around for this one. First episode, two buy it's and a rent it. This one, buy it's all around. Uh, Rossi, do you have your quiz open? Uh, we're, this is what we're doing which Parks and Rec character are you? Do you have yours open? Yeah. You do? Okay. Um, we'll go around here. Do you want to go first? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll go first because this is what Jamie was talking about. I was taking the quiz as uh, I was finishing up there and it came up with, you are Chris Traeger. You are literally the most amazing person in the universe, but you are perceptive enough to realize that the universe is filled with other equally amazing individuals. Your one-of-a-kind positivity can be off-putting, but it's a good influence on all your pessimistic friends. Pessimistic? Pessimistic friends. Um, my lisp is coming back. Uh, anyways, Jamie, you go next. Read yours. Read it as le- your character if you can. Well, I can't hear anything. Well, you're you speak. Un- you can't hear yourself speaking because you I ripped your. my earphone. Well, you're you're the one speaking. You don't need. I I can't read it as just character. read. It says you are Leslie. No, passionate and unstoppably cheerful. You are a spirited go getter who puts all your into all your into. <laughs> There's you, a typo in this. You are personal and professional. Personal. <laughs> Who puts all your into <laughs> the, the typo is really messing me up. You're a spirited go-getter who puts all of yourself puts your all into your professional and personal life. Yes, not everyone understands your zest for efficiency, <laughs> organization, and waffles, but your friends know that you're capable of anything, even world domination. You know what's funny though? What? I'm actually not organized at all. Yeah, and also what's funny is um, English was your best subject in school, which is no, actually it was math. Yeah, okay. We talked Even about that. Rossi, you're up. Okay. You are April Ludgate. We were all right. <laughs> you're a tough cookie to crack, and only a uh, and only a few brave souls have burrowed their way into your snarky, seemingly icy heart. You don't suffer fools, and you don't do small talk, but you do anything for your loved ones and puppies and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> um... Did you get that because they had questions about puppies or kittens? Or I'm guessing it was the same questions I had. No, there was no puppies or kittens. This is a good quiz. I think it was much more accurate than the one last week. Um, That wraps up Parkinson Rec. We will say again, we do hope to cover this in the future from episode one on. It's kind of uh, a project in the works, not necessarily, you know, any In the brain. Yeah, it's, it's gestating right now. Um, and hopefully Jamie will be on those too. And hopefully she won't stall the podcast by going to the bathroom. What, what about me gestating? <laughs> nothing about that. Please, nothing. You're ready for that. another baby? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't need to be here for those conversations. <laughs> yeah, please, no. Um, Rossi, this whole thing, I mean, random recaps kind of started, you know, all the way back when we started the Oz Network, just as an experiment for us to get our formats down and, be able to talk about certain things without having to commit to let's do an entire show if it wasn't working and it's kind of just become a fun thing you know listeners get involved they send us some suggestions we challenge each other this all came about because probably about a month ago you suggested to me there was a random movie recap you thought we should do and i'm like yeah that would be okay and then you kind of suggested well we could do a whole theme of like halloween themed things but maybe funnier ones and not necessarily 
like horror films or anything like that. And it all spawned out of what next week's episode is going to be. So I'll give you the pleasure of explaining what we're going to cover next week. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We're going to watch my favorite movie of all time. And it is Clue, the movie based on the board game way back from the 1980s. It is just fun. It is like campy. It is great. Can you guys believe I've never seen this movie? I've never seen it. That's what's going to be fun about this. I've never seen it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's one of these movies I've always wanted to see. Not that I'm like dying to see the movie based on Clue. I mean, you know, Snakes and Ladders maybe. But it's just, it it had such like a cult following. And it's one of these movies like people look back on you. Like it's a movie based on a board game. But like it got such great reviews. And it is a cult classic, and so many people are so fond of it. It's just I've never gotten around to watching it. I'm really surprised, actually, that you haven't seen it. At first, you know, when I was saying that I had never seen it, I was actually going to say you probably have, you know, because yeah. you're you're older. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a toddler when this movie came out. What year was this, Rossi? I don't I only know it's the 80s. I don't know a specific year, but what, I can yeah. look I, it up. What year were you born, Rossi? Uh, the nine in the nineties. In the nineties, were you really? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were like Colin's age or something. What? <laughs> Wait, what's my age? Should we just also add to this as Jamie's again trying to dump on Colin's old people that we work with think I'm younger than you? So one person said that she thought two you people were... said it one, because one another person... person backed it up and anyway. said, "Oh, that's what I thought." Anyway, and then several other people backed it up too. I look, uh, I look my age. I don't look old. Okay, and I look ever youthful, like Chris Traeger, literally the youngest looking person on this podcast. Uh, anyways, Clue, Rossi. Anything else? 1985. Okay, so I was not even in kindergarten when this movie came out. Uh, I don't know. Is this... Uh... Wait, Rossi was born in 1985? No, that's when the movie came out. Okay, oh. you're not on next week's episode. You can leave now. Oh, okay. okay, see you guys She later. actually is leaving. We'll bring her back to say goodbye. Um, okay, bye, Rossi. I love you, Rossi. Bye. <laughs> uh, anyways, Clue, I've never seen it. I'm excited to see it. Uh you said this loosely fits in as a Halloween theme or at least murder mystery. So it kind of fits in with that. Uh, atmosphere, more like definitely atmospheric. It doesn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with Halloween at all, but it's, an, you wouldn't watch this around Christmas. Yeah. You don't want what you wouldn't watch this for Easter. Like it's not that kind of movie. Christopher it's Lloyd, no, isn't it? And Tim Curry. If anyone's a oh. Curry fan, Tim Curry's in it. Okay, this is literally the most exciting episode we're going to cover in the next week. Um, yeah, no, this will be a fun one. And uh, as I said, it's something I've never seen before. I'm struggling to think of any other movies we've covered other than Ben's Kill Phil student films, which are fun episodes. But yeah, I don't know if there's many things we've covered that I haven't seen before. So uh, it'll be a fun experiment. And then I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. And then the final week, we'll leave a surprise. We'll reveal it next week. Um Rossi, thank you for joining us here on Parks and Recreation. We hope to talk to you soon on more Parks and Rec and definitely next week for more Clue. Yeah, I'm just glad that I didn't have a fart attack during this episode. Yeah. <laughs> we almost talked about the fart attack episode, which uh, is a story for another week or another season when we eventually get around to that. Yeah, I mean, I was I was live tweeting this boring-ass conversation. <laughs> get through it. <laughs> now we're reading all the notes of the other episode that we watched <laughs> because I thought it was the one with Andy dressed as Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Are we wait? Are we recapping Death Canoe Four next week, or uh, that'll know. be the one following Clue? Thank you for spoiling it for everybody. Death Canoe Four coming soon to the Oz Network. 
we're wrapping this up now. Uh, what else are we talking about? Okay. And until next time, my name is Colin. And also here was Rossi. And also here was Jamie. And we are literally the most exciting Parks and Rec podcast posts around. Literally. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.